Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready, right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42. Blue 42. Good morning, Bump. How are you now? Good morning, fellas. Doing well. How about yourselves? You think Suge? You think Suge's got some football background? He played football at UNLV, so it wasn't in the Pac-12, but it was on the West Coast. I had an editor at the Seattle Times who wrote a feature story about one Suge Knight. He was then known as Marion, Marion Knight, and he's sweet like sugar, tough like a bear. So they called him Sugar Bear. It was in the <laughs> Las Vegas Review Journal. So Suge's got some college sports pedigree. He's got some pedigree. He. He'd be scary commissioner. Commissioner, the the pack would be ran like the mafia or something. He'd breaking fingers, kissing toe. I mean, it, it'd just be corrupt if if Suge was the like, commissioner. It'd be like pro wrestling. <laughs> like all of a sudden, Suge Knight comes out. No, no, no. We're gonna play that again. <laughs> Question one for you, Bump. So the NFL, it's officially moving to the. 17-game season. What do you think about this? 17-game season. I see a lot of vets. They don't like it. Uh, Kamar, let let, uh, the world know how he felt about it. I think uh, as a consumer, I love it. 17 games, you you mean to tell me I get a couple more weeks of NFL football? I love it. I'm I'm like, man, stretch stretch the season to 20 if you can. As a consumer, as a player, I understand where the frustration is. They're like, look, we're already playing 16 games. It's hard on the body. What else do you want from us? But then you got to look at Canada, man. The CFL plays 18 regular season games. They've been doing it for a while, and they have three buys. So if you want to extend the season, throw another buy in there. Allow guys to recover because that's the big issue is 16 season, uh, excuse me, games is just hard on the body. Especially if you're a starter, you're getting 70 to 80% of the snaps. You are going to wear down, so you have to give these guys time to recover. And then I look at the records. Records are going to be broken. Dickerson's record of 2,105 and five yards when it comes to rushing would have been broken this year by Henry. He averaged, Dickerson averaged 123 yards. Henry averaged 126 yards. That would have broken the record. You look at Michael Thomas' receptions record. He averaged about nine and a half catches per game. Now, if you're going to break that record, all you need is eight. So now, are we going to look at the record books and really focus on the average over the the total yards. You know, NBA, you're always like, all right, what this guy average? Oh, he averaged 30, 10, and 15. You don't really look at the total number. When you get into the history, you do. But the first you look at look at is the average. So I think for the first few years, you might start looking at the averages more than the total yards because that 17 game, 17th game is going to change things just like it did for OJ. OJ rushed for 2,014 games, which is crazy. Wow. So it's going to change some things. As a consumer, I like it more football. As the football, ex-football player, I get it. Give these guys another bye. Give them a chance to recover. Canada's been doing it for a while. 18 games, three buys. Take a look at them. Do you guys remember when there used to be two buys in the NFL? Are either of you familiar or does that predate you? There was a period of time where they had two buys. It, it, it made it weird. Like, I'll be honest. It... My memory of it was that it, it made the season feel too too jumpy, but that's also I realize I'm now prone to old man speak where I'm like we tried that once and it didn't really work, so we shouldn't go back and. Do- I, I, I get what players are saying, 
is like you're adding another pl- you're adding two more playoff teams, you're adding another week to the regular season. You're saying there's not a preseason game. I'm just still mad about the fact that it's an odd number of games. It's going to be weird. Like, can you imagine teams going to go ten and seven? Like, what, is that good? Is ten and seven good? <laughs> I don't even know. How about nine and eight? You had eight, a winning nine. record. Eight, eight, that, that's that, that's not a yeah. great. The one person that would be happy about it would be Jeff Fisher, though, right? Because he wouldn't be able to go eight and eight anymore. <laughs> like, wasn't wasn't he that always the knock on him? Yep. Is he was like perpetually eight and eight? Like, no more five hundred for me. He'd probably figure out a way to work a tie in there, so it could be eight eight and one. <laughs> I got a question bump about just the, all the players in the league. There's got to be some that would like the 17 game schedule because doesn't it mean there likely be? And we haven't seen this, I think, officially yet. But more roster spots. Yeah, injuries happen, but maybe there's more opportunities for players who don't get chances to actually get out on the field too. Maybe that's what preseason is for. Honestly, that's why. Again, as an undrafted free agent, I'm like, dang, you're only giving me three games. When really during the preseason, during the four game format, I only really played in two games. You know, I get a sprinkle in the second game. I'm not touching the third game because that's all the starters. Maybe in the fourth quarter with 30 seconds left on the clock, but it, I lose an opportunity there. So that puts more pressure on coaches and scouts to get it right. As far as the regular season goes. The only time I see that being advantageous to a player who's trying to get some burn is when you play for the Chiefs or somebody who's going to win the majority of their games and you get an extra game towards the end of the season where they're going to sit, guys, for you to show what you can do. But at that point, man, they didn't brought in 30 receivers, 10 running backs, eight linemen. I mean, so many things have happened when you get to that point that it still makes it tough. So I'm I'm a fan of extending the regular season as a fan, as a player. You lose opportunities in the preseason to evaluate guys. And, okay, these starters are going to play in that third, maybe even second game. And the guys trying to make the team really have one or two opportunities to really try to make an impression. So they're going to miss some guys with, with the shortened preseason. But, you know, I get it. It's all about the money. And I'm not mad at the extended regular season. I like more football. I'm all for it. Question two. A lot of buzz about some pro days. Well, we had Zach Wilson on Friday when he made a a throw going across his body that nobody had ever seen before. Like it was as if he had a laser affixed to his forehead. Justin Fields yesterday, also Mac Jones. What do you make of pro days, Bump? If your pro day is being covered specifically for you, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, it's just a pageant. Their minds have already been made up about you. You can go out there and throw 10 footballs in the dirt. If they still, if they watch the film and they like what they see on film, they're still going to draft you. So people getting all, oh, my God, did you see that throw? Great throw, man. Great great throw, young man. Throwing down the field with no defensive lineman trying to get at you, no safety staying on top of the receiver. Still a great throw, but it's all a pageant. For those guys, it doesn't matter as much. Does it matter a bit? Yes. Guys still want to come in. They want to see what your demeanor's like. Are you really 6'3"? Are you really 205 pounds? They're just checking the boxes. But it's all about the film. You look at the film and you realize if you want this guy or not. Now, pro days are for guys. Again, I'm going to use myself as an example. Undrafted free agent. It's for us. Hey, look, look, I'm really going to run this 4-4. Like, look, take a second look at me. I'm going to catch everything thrown to me. Because you haven't watched a lot of film with me. You're not as invested in me as you are in these other guys. 
So pro days have been overhyped. It's nice to see. I love seeing those throws. I love seeing these young men, a quarterback run a 4-4. I like seeing Zach Williams, Wilson, excuse me, flick that wrist and throw the ball down the field. But their mind's already made up. They're not going to do anything to hurt themselves really during this pro day unless they just go out there and don't complete a pass. They don't shake hands. They don't look guys in the eye. They don't seem like a leader. Those are the things that they're looking for. As far as football, they know what they're getting. Pro days, baby. Undrafted free agent. Y'all get out there and do your thing. But those top five quarterbacks, man, it's a pageant. Just look at me. Watch me throw the ball. Can you bomb said pageant, though? And, and I know you said you could throw a couple of balls in the dirt and it wouldn't be an issue. And I asked that because it felt like Mac Jones' pro day yesterday went viral for all the wrong reasons. First off, you know, just another unfortunate <laughs> shot of his bod. But other than that, you had a Paul's couple hating of- on his body. Is his body that bad? Eh, compared to the other guys. Yes. Adi, 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 adi. Is it a problem? Indeed. <laughs> and and I would say, too, there were two moments during the pro day where he overthrew guys and they zoomed in on the coaches, and it was just a timing thing, but the coaches looked so disappointed with that. You had Bill Belichick shaking his head. You had Kyle Shanahan looking like he had just seen a ghost. So is it possible to bomb a pro day? It's possible. Anything is possible. In the words of great Kevin Garnett when he won his championship, anything is possible. But if you're that caliber of a quarterback, Mac Jones also threw, what, 40-something touchdowns and four picks. You know what I mean? Like the, the guy can play football. Now, there are drill guys, and there are guys who perform on the football field. And sometimes guys are both, and sometimes guys are, are either or. And Jones just might be. Uh, a, a guy who plays on Saturday and performs. You can bomb it. You can throw horrible footballs. You cannot use proper technique. There is a way to do that, but quarterbacks who are considered top five shouldn't and won't bomb pro days. They won't have great pro days. They won't have live up to some expectations, but they're not just going to have a horrible pro day to where you're just like, all right, man, he was a top five pick. Now, I don't know. He might go third round. It, it just ain't going to happen. We expect Mac Jones to, to get off the board early. Either way it goes. So it's all... It's all perception, man. What are you looking at? What are you looking for? They can bomb it, but top five quarterbacks are still going to be top five quarterbacks. Question number three. Quinton Dunbar still not back in the fold for the Seahawks. We're not 100% sure what they're going to do at cornerback. They have freed up perhaps a little bit of space by extending Gabe Jackson, but also giving him a little bit of a pay trim along the way. There are two teams interested in him. It's both the Detroit Lions and outside of the Detroit Lions, you've also got um, the team name is slipping me all of a sudden. The Cardinals, they're the other team. Are the Seahawks about to lose out on Quinton Dunbar, given that it seems like there might be a bit of a bidding war for his services? They just might. They, They just might. And teams are interested. Every team has their number. Every team has, they sit around and say, look, we're not going to pay him more than this. And if teams are offering or talking to him and they seem like they're going to pay a bit more, anybody can get got. Anybody can can get snatched from a roster, and that might happen with Quentin Dunbar. The thing is, who's really going to roll the dice? Did he show enough? Are we... Are you banking on two years ago? Or are you looking at last year's film and saying, okay, he showed just enough to, to force us to kind of pay a bit more than what else would? Anybody can can get got, man. I think that it's a possibility. I think that Quinn Dunbar is considering it. It's all about the money. Yes, you want to play in a place where you like the culture, you like the coaches, you like the players, but if someone's going to offer you more to do a job, 
you're going to consider it. So it's definitely a possibility. And if the Hawks do lose Quinn Dunbar, that changes what I think they're going to do in the draft. Because right now, I think they're good. I think right now, you just you go on the draft, and you get some backups, you get some young guys to develop. If you lose Dunbar, I think that changes their approach a little bit. I think they still got DJ. They got Witherspoon. They got guys who can fill that, that void. But um, you want depth, especially at that corner position. Is Seattle okay if they have Trey Flowers, Akilah Witherspoon, DJ Reed, and then I guess you've got Ugo Amadi mixing in there and a, and a rookie? Is that is that enough at corner for them? I don't know if it is. I think it's enough to start the season and see what happens. Uh huh. But then you evaluate and you see what else is out there. I think even if they start the season and these guys are doing okay, they're still going to be looking around to see what else is out there. Because you're losing, again, we don't. We really don't know what Quentin Dunbar is. We know right. what he was, but we don't really know what he is. Uh, so, that's, so that's a tough one. I think they have enough to start the season and be okay, but you have to start looking around. Hopefully they keep the guy and, and keep him for the cheap, and he comes out and he performs and exceeds expectations. But they have enough right now, but they're always looking. Priority is you try to keep Dunbar. It is Danny Glunt, Michael Bumpus. It's bump day on Wednesday. He's in with us for this 8 o'clock hour.